Hello, Mama. Welcome back to February's topic um, for Mother You, and it is on our likes and dislikes. So our likes and dislikes are a big part of what makes us us. Think about the funerals that you have been to over your life. During the ceremony or afterwards, whether there's fundraisers or memorials, what do people talk about or remember? The things the person who is deceased liked or loved. They play the music that he or she liked. They choose the flowers that he or she liked. They may even ask for people to raise money for a cause that was close to the deceased's heart. Last year, a middle school child in my community passed away, and this child loved baseball. Now, there are scholarships available in his name to help buy equipment and raise funds for other kids who want to play but are unable to afford it. So in some ways, what we like or don't like can become a legacy. Oh, you know, mom, she didn't like a mess or dad liked taking us fishing with him. Our various likes and dislikes are a large part of what make us unique. Likes and dislikes are some of the basic building blocks of your identity. To have a satisfying life, you have to have a sense of self, of who you are. You need to have a strong sense of who you are, what you like, what you want, because those things drive action and direction in life. When we're born, we're like, here we go. I love life. Woohoo. Look at me. I love Elsa. I love dinosaurs. I'll wear it on a shirt. I'll decorate my whole room in it. But as we grow up, we can lose the sense of what we like or don't like. Well-meaning adults want to help kids learn some shortcuts and wise lessons and often talk you out of what you like. They tell you why you need to do something or not do something, etc. And then we second guess ourselves and believe that others know more about us than ourselves. So our likes and our dislikes get diluted. It can be so hard for moms to say what they like without guilt or without feeling bad. We can be timid or want permission from others. We may even feel we need to explain or have a good reason for our likes or dislikes. Well, I like so-and-so because, da-da-da-da-da, like there has to be a reason. It can't just be because it is. Like, for example, I don't like the color brown. I just, I don't like it. We don't feel we can say things like that. Certainly not if they're more important than our color preference. So this month, we want to focus on figuring out what you like and don't like without the judgment without justifying why you like or don't like something. These will be the building blocks for going forward when we discuss boundaries. When when we want to learn our likes and dislikes without the judgment, and we don't want to add, is it good that I like this? Is it bad? Should I not like this? If you look at your life and feel a sense of dissatisfaction, confusion, or despair, it's very likely you're spending a lot of time doing things you just don't like, or you're in some situations you don't like, or you're building your life around things that you think you should like, but you don't. 
For some, you'll feel like, well, who cares what I like? Nobody takes it into consideration anyway. Maybe we had an experience as a child or multiple experiences where we learned that we can't really have what we like anyway, so it feels pointless. Like a girl who loves ponies and horses. She reads books about them and has toys, but her parents can't get her a pony. So then she thinks, you can't get what you like or want, so best to not get your hopes up. And this may begin a pattern of ignoring or downplaying what you like to avoid disappointment. This month, we're going to focus on being able to say, I like or don't like something in a light and clear way. It just is what it is. For me personally, I don't like spring. Everyone loves it. New life, new flowers. But I love summer. So to me, spring is a tease. It's pretending to be summer and it isn't because it's too cold to swim. I don't like spring can just roll off my tongue. And I don't care if you love spring. You can love spring and I cannot like spring. This is a small non-important example to show the point of the ease with which we can talk about our likes. Sandy Blackard, the founder of Language of Listening, has an example from one of the live classes she did on this topic. One woman in the class said, and it took some courage for her to say, I just don't like chocolate chips in my cookies. I just don't. It felt freeing for her to say it. And then, Almost immediately, the woman next to her said, What? But they're so good. I can't believe you don't like them. When we aren't secure with our own likes and dislikes, the best we can do is to get agreement. So if we aren't sure it's okay to like what we like or not like what we don't like, then we want or feel that we need others to agree with our preferences. Because this gives us permission. If we aren't in touch with our likes or dislikes and others disagree with us, we feel we have to fight for the right to like it or not like it. To not like those chocolate chips or to not like spring. If you've ever found yourself convincing someone else to not like what they like or to like what they don't like, it's probably because Their preference feels like an attack on yours. If loving spring is right to someone else, then I must be wrong. Someone else can't love spring if that means I am wrong. So then I feel defensive because I don't like it. And now my own likes make me wrong. When we get in touch with what we like or don't like, the desire to fight with others about our preference goes away. And the need for agreement can go away too. We can be okay with what we like, whether others agree or not. Even if this feels impossible right now. You may notice this month when you are excited about things. You may use say what you see and say, oh, I like this. Or if something happens and you feel agitated or upset, you can say, I didn't like that. Or I don't like this. Think on this. Am I able to like what I like for no other reason than I like it? I remember growing up, I didn't want to eat Chinese food or our takeout American version. 
I felt like I couldn't say that because it was rude or mean or picky. So I kept trying to come up with reasons why. Finally, I landed on, there's never any cheese. (laughs) I love cheese. So I just couldn't let myself admit that it wasn't what I wanted to eat for no reason, except that it just wasn't. Do you do this? Try to come up with reasons why it's okay to like what you like or not like what you don't like? Think about what types of likes it's hard for you to say. I like ice cream is easy, but something like, I don't like to feel rushed before leaving the house, may not feel safe, because then you might immediately jump to, but it's my fault for not getting up earlier or being more organized. You might not let yourself say what you like or don't like, because then you might take on blame and say that it's all your fault anyway. You may have memories growing up of being gifted something you don't like. Even as a child, you might realize, "Hmm, I can't say I don't like that. So you might feel like you have to pretend to like it. Or you may even have said, I don't like this and gotten in trouble for being rude. Because, of course, in society, we do value being polite. As a child, to you, it didn't mean you didn't love the gift giver, just that you didn't like the gift. But then, if you got in trouble, you may have internalized the message, I need to pretend to like things to make others happy, or to not be rude, or to seem sweet or polite. I remember when my mother would buy me clothes when I was a child, and I got to the age where I didn't like what she bought. I just didn't like them. It wasn't my taste or style, that's all. As a child who wanted to be polite, I didn't know how to say it, because if she got hurt or upset, then my taste in clothing, nothing moral here, just a preference, suddenly could make me be rude or insulting. What child wants to be rude and insulting? I didn't know how to just share my likes without thinking it made it hurt someone else's feelings. So thus started my habit of pretending I like stuff to make others happy. My mother didn't make me do this. It was just something I decided. There are many reasons why a child may be resistant to saying what they want, and this can carry on into adulthood. One key area is to think about Where do I feel like I have to pretend to like something? Maybe you pretend to like wine since it seems sophisticated, but you would prefer a beer. Or maybe you would prefer a club soda, but you feel you need to have a drink to fit in. Maybe you pretend to like camping since your friend group takes their families camping a lot, but you'd actually prefer a hotel. Do you pretend to like Marvel movies for your husband's sake, but you really don't? Where we feel like pretending can be revealing. And then we can use our say-what-you-see skill that we learned in January to help uncover that. An example might be, I pretend to like wine because I want to feel sophisticated. I want to fit in with this group, and I don't want to feel like an outsider. Another I want to want to like camping, but I don't. I'm afraid if I stop camping with my friend groups, then we will fall out of friendship. I pretend to like movies my husband wants to watch because I like to connect with him and feel close, but I actually like rom-coms, not action. 
Then think about areas where you feel resignation. Well, I may like it, but nobody cares. This shows that you realize nobody else will really focus on what you like or don't like. And you're right. It isn't anybody else's job to worry about what you like or don't like. It's your job. Our likes, dislikes, and our preferences are so deeply part of who we are that it can make us feel very vulnerable to share them. We may be judged right away for these, and it feels threatening. If you think about something very personal, like relationships, it may be hard to think about what you like. This is the perfect time to use the Say What You See Self's coaching skill on yourself. Hmm. You're just not sure you want to go there yet. You may not be ready to open up this can of worms. And when you get that kind of, yep, response, you know you're in the right place. Say what you see blends so well with recognizing our likes and dislikes, and it helps us to process it all. If you feel yourself getting stuck, then you kind of settled into feeling stuck. You can use the say what you see strategy of saying you instead of I. The I may keep us locked in. We don't see possibilities and feel it's a concrete block. If, for example, if we say, I can't live like this, it feels stuck. If we use the you, almost imagine looking at yourself, giving yourself a pep talk. Then it becomes a matter of perspective. It leaves room for possibilities. It's a subtle shift, but a pivotal one. You know you can't live like this. That feels more validating versus feeling, I can't live like this. Stuck. I is experiencing it in the moment. But when you use the you is watching it and not getting caught up in it not bringing all the other stuff with it. So if you find yourself feeling stuck, try flipping that coaching perspective, almost like you're looking at yourself, giving yourself a pep talk and saying you. As you begin this process of discovering or rediscovering your likes, notice how we're conditioned. It's hard to just see things and accept them without doing something about them. And some areas feel harder to be aware of. If we don't think there's anything we can do about it, it can feel pointless. So if while doing the homework and the exercises this month you feel stuck, you can also transition into I wish. I don't like when my kids fight. I get angry. I end up yelling. I feel guilty. I don't like it. I wish I could mediate their arguments better. I wish I could brings us into a place of possibility and action. The goal is that you get to a place where you're just comfortable with how you are. It just is without any judgment. You may look at your habits now and think, I wish I was different, but I'm not. Versus a more it is what it is place of self-acceptance that says, well, I wish I was different, but right now I'm not. You can feel the difference inside. I wish I was different. It's not okay to be this way. Versus, well, I wish I was a more organized person, but I'm not right now. 
one, you still like yourself. You still accept yourself, even though there's something about your behavior that you don't like. And this makes a difference. The moment you remove judgment from yourself, it all feels completely different. Judgment may look like if you don't deal with this situation right now, you're a chicken versus an is what it is type of feeling, which might be like, I like peace and harmony. I don't like to fight. I don't want to deal with this right now. I think it's going to end up in a fight. Because we will communicate until we are heard, the good news is we can hear ourselves. That is what say what you see and acknowledging your likes and dislikes does. It helps you feel heard. It finishes and closes the loop of communication. Even if you say to yourself, I'm full of judgments for yourself, for myself, then you can think, hmm, yes, I am. And it still feels light, just like it is. One of the ways people work is this. If we keep repeating a pattern over and over or keep wanting to be different, keep wanting something we don't get, then there is a type of communication that hasn't been completed. After, another similar communication may come up and you know to keep digging. And touching on judgment, it is a human thing to use our judgment. We judge others, ourselves, and even our animals. When we realize this, we can come from a place where we can judge without the heaviness. Oh, I like to sleep late. I wish I was an early riser, but I'm not. You can be both judgmental and also accepting. And you may even learn to get up earlier. And then it just is, it is what it is. I have to start getting up. I like to sleep late. I wish I could do it. Without the judgment that says you're lazy, you can't make yourself get up which just feels so heavy and negative. If you feel something judgmental coming up about you or someone else, and it feels negative, you can know that there's something under there, something you like, don't like, or wish. It's something that's important to you, and you're right about it. That judgment is trying to keep you acting in a way that you like. When we feel judgment about something, It helps reinforce our likes and our dislikes and our values. I judge somebody that lies because I don't like lying. Because, hey, I don't want to lie. I value honesty. I like honesty. It gets you back to your values. What is a fun exercise is digging into the subtleties of what you like or don't like. A friend of mine realized she doesn't like puppies. Her friends had dogs and were always around, nipping at her feet and legs, and she felt guilty or kind of bad. She kind of liked some dogs, but felt always irritated at her friend's house when the dogs ran near her. She kept digging into it because it became something of an issue in her head with going to her friend's house. When she, what she realized was actually she just didn't like puppies or dogs that weren't trained well. She didn't like an untrained dog. Then it didn't trigger her as much. She just felt more light about it. Yeah, I just don't like puppies. It's just who I am. Who can say I don't like puppies? It seems like a cruel thing for a woman to say, but it it stopped her being so upset or triggered by the dogs, and it helped her feel like, yep, this is just what I don't like and what I like. 
So there is a matter of conflicting likes at times. Maybe you don't like clutter, but you like to gather things. Hmm. So when you locate conflicting likes, you'll notice you might be in a worldview that tells you you can only have one. Either or instead of and. The language of listening phrase we use, we use, there must be some way you can gather things and not have clutter. It only feels like a problem if you have to choose one. It's not a problem if you feel you can have both. And that leads you into possibilities. That might be how you can organize what you gather, how you can rotate through what you gather, or get rid of things that you gathered a long time ago and aren't currently gathering. So if you think you have to choose one thing, then you have to go around judging to be sure you get the right one. If either one action is right and the or the other is right, Then you choose what you choose, and then you judge the other. Because if only one is right, and it turns out that the one you didn't choose was right, then you're wrong. And we never like to feel wrong. It feels unsafe. So, for example, if either public school is right or homeschool is right, then your friend has to be wrong if she chooses what's different to you. If you have chosen public school, and she chose homeschool, you then probably feel the need to defend your choice to her because you don't want to feel wrong. If one or the other, if we're in the either or paradigm, then we need to defend our own likes or dislikes for those who disagree. So think about your days. Are they filled with things you like or filled with things you don't like? If you're constantly doing things you don't like, then you're going to be very drained day in and day out. The goal is to be able to get centered and back in touch with yourself, to create days filled with things you like, minimize the things you don't like, or at least accept that you don't like them and that it's okay. Maybe you're going to have to do the laundry anyway, even though you don't like it. Okay, you don't like it. Laundry isn't for you. You wish you never had to do laundry, that you could close your eyes and open them and it would be done. But laundry has to happen. Dretz. But there's still freedom in acknowledging it. I just don't like it. And you don't have to make yourself like it. And the perfect laundry routine or laundry system still might not make you like it. And that's okay. You can still do things you don't like. There's freedom in acknowledging it. You'll find for some things that you don't like, however, you can eliminate them. And that's the foundation and the preliminary work we're doing this month to set us up for boundaries. We can't go into and begin learning about about and setting boundaries when we don't really know what we like or dislike. This month, we're going to get in touch with that part of ourselves that accepts us for how we are so that we can move forward. When you are able to step into the space of authenticity, being okay to be where you are, it's inspiring to others, including your kids. When they see you just being who you are and how you are and being okay with it, then they can follow suit.
I look forward to seeing and hearing all of your likes and dislikes this month.